Welcome to About You, I'm Connie Hogan. My guest today has a story that touches upon so many hot button issues in our world right now. When I first met Amy Binder many years ago, I was on the board of Michigan Humane Society and she was on staff there. Since then, Amy has obtained her doctorate in counselor education, has started an organization called Teacher's Pet, which we're gonna talk about, and just done so many things um, personally and professionally um, to improve the lives of animals mostly and children. Amy, welcome. Thank you. I'm building up, a, you have to have a lot to live up to. So let's, I know um, I've known you for so long, I don't even know where to start. Um, tell us, uh, the audience, a little about your background and where you uh, went to college and, and everything and leading up to even before you were at the Humane Society. Sure. I started out at Oakland University where I thought I wanted a degree in marketing and advertising and soon learned I didn't. <laughs> so I moved on I to um, a degree in English and communications. Uh, then I started to work um, in, a, in the corporate setting, corporate world, and again felt that I didn't, it didn't feel like I belonged in that setting. So mm -hmm. I went back to get a degree in teaching, so I thought that would be my connection. And then during that time, I worked at the radio station, which I, I think when we met, I think at right, a few times because your husband was the, at the WMC time. and yes. everything. Yes. Yeah. So we met then too. That's when we first. That's right. Yeah. Way we did. back when. Yeah. When I was a baby. Somerset when they were <laughs> right. You were a baby and I was a big baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. So I was finishing my degree at Wayne State in teaching, and then decided that maybe teaching wasn't hitting the right buttons either. So uh -huh. I ended up working with the Michigan Humane Society and where we, again, did some work together. And I really loved it there. And mm -hmm. I started doing work with the Pet Education Center and the director at the time, CJ Bentley, she, was, she had come up with the idea of working, doing something with kids and dogs. And she said, you know, you have the kid background and mm -hmm. I have the dog background and what if we do something together? Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, I, I would cool. love to. So I started working on that, which I'll talk about. I left the Michigan Humane Society. I went to work for Oakland University. Uh, back in 2005, January okay. 2005, okay. I started there. And as I was already working with the Teacher's Pet Program, my dean that I worked for at the time, she offered um, an opportunity to apply for a grant within the university to develop um, coursework, kind of a train the trainer, so other people who want to run programs similar to Teacher's Pet would be able to do that. So we started, though well, I did, I got the grant for $30,000 to start that program. And it ran from 2007 until I left OU in 2021. Wow. Um, in the meantime, I had gone back to get a degree in counseling. Um, as I was doing work with Teacher's Pet, I thought the teaching degree was going to be the thing that helped me with the curriculum and guide the practice of what I was doing. And then I realized I was kind of stuck with the kids. I, the kids were are at risk. Um, they have a lot of um, trauma, mm -hmm. histories, um, trouble backgrounds, trouble backgrounds. Yeah, a lot of trauma. So abuse, neglect, violence, um, you know, witness to violence. Mm. So I, I felt a little bit underprepared. So I went back, I got a master's in counseling. Mm. Um, and this is where it's all kind of tying in, right? Because I have this need to do a lot of different things mm -hmm. instead of just doing one. So mm -hmm. as I was doing my internship out at Crossroads for Youth um, in counseling, I asked if I could bring the Teacher's Pet program out there, to which the director there said, yes, of course. And I have been running the program out there since then. Um, 
and working at the university, um, I wanted to do more as far as like research and the academic side and writing and publishing on animal-assisted services in general. There's, so, there's such power behind it and it's often misinterpreted or, and I, I don't want to say undervalued necessarily, but mm -hmm. it's more than, oh, here's a dog and now everyone's better, everything's better. So, mm -hmm. you know, for the dog's sake, for the kid's right. sake, for our sake, right. having that well-rounded knowledge of why we do it, how we do it, what outcomes, what theories, all of that. So mm -hmm. that's sort of prompted my, my doctoral work, mm -hmm. um, which I did, of course, in animal-assisted And that services. was from Oakland University? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So I think that brings us to... Well, Your vision. I, let me read what I have. I love sure. this. To provide a safe therapeutic environment for youth and dogs to learn together. Yes. And that's your theme. Kids, yes. teachers, dogs. pet, kids and dogs learning together. Exactly. Yes, that's our, our mission. Um, so, I mean, most people, I won't say most, a lot of people love kids and dogs, right? And, and bringing them together, the similarities are, are really pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. And it, what leads, mm -hmm. it's what leads to the, the bonding and connection between them. So um, a lot of times people will bring in therapy dogs, you know, dogs that work with them in different capacities, and which is very helpful, and mm -hmm, it does a lot mm -hmm. of, of great work. So and they're everywhere now. They're it's everywhere. almost like it's overkill or whatever, overcorrection, you know, is the word now. Yes, right. Because so it's like every everything, everywhere. you know. Yes, gosh. every hospital, nursing home, mm -hmm. and there is value. And that's there is I, value, yes. Right, mm -hmm. and that's where I mean the undervalue, where everybody's now yeah. saying, mm -hmm. I'm an animal-assisted therapist. I'm mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're not, right? You're still right. not a therapist. You're a person who's right. visiting, which is right. fabulous, and it is super helpful, mm -hmm. and it provides therapeutic value, but, you know, it starts to, to muddy the waters where people are yeah. misrepresenting themselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then mistakes happen, injuries mm -hmm. occur, oh, wow. risks go up, and then at some point we won't be able to bring dogs in mm -hmm. anymore. Exactly. So, yes. so this is where the research part, the academic part, the being able to um, share this information through you know journal articles, books, um, and I'm teaching now through the University of North Florida and um, Huston University in Maine so on these topics. Wow. I'm running these programs. So Now well, do you do that remotely or remotely. You, it's okay, I didn't know yes. Florida. Maine and Florida. Wow. I know which would be, that would be great interesting places to visit. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I will be um, spending some time in those locations right. as well. That's the time, Jim. Yeah. But that's the opportunity to share again like the, the theoretical underpinning. So with that, coming back to your question about mm -hmm. how we tie um, kids and dogs together, the therapy dog part is really great. Our youth, um, because of their a lot of their past, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have a lot. Sometimes some of our kids have never had a bed of their own, right? They're not guaranteed three meals a day. I mean, I would have kids sometimes sneaking the hot dogs that were cut up for the dogs and taking them home Aww. because they weren't sure Aww. if they would have dinner, right? So bringing in a dog, a therapy dog, who's typically very, very well treated, right? Yeah. They've got beds. Oh, like yeah. Mine oh, and my yeah. dogs have beds in every single right. room of the house. <laughs> Plus the I see that on Facebook. I know your dogs. Yeah. If every dog could be like your dog, right? I, I, I hope so. Yeah, I like them right, to be spoiled. Right, right. But it's harder for the kids to relate. So if I'm bringing in dogs that are rescue dogs, dogs that are you know behaviorally challenged, and dogs that are locked up, and dogs that have lived on the streets and have been neglected and abused and are unwanted, the kids latch on and they connect and they'll say, "Oh, this dog is just like me," and it, it provides us oh, an opportunity okay. to connect with the kids in a different way. So, you know, when you're listening to what they're saying, 
they're projecting through their dogs. They're saying, oh, my dog doesn't like to be around a lot of people. My dog gets really nervous when he has to talk out loud, right? Like, they're projecting their stuff. So it, it provides a lot of insight. So we get to work closely with therapists at detention facilities that we work with. Wow. We work with community mental health, so we get to work with the caseworkers there. Here are some things that we're seeing. They can share things that they're seeing. So we get to, to have them work together, wow. and they, they each get to benefit. So the dogs become more adoptable. The youth get to gain experience in empathy and perspective taking, um, reducing their uh, symptoms, their internalizing symptoms, their mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. and they get to feel like they're they're contributing to society. They have an altruistic side because they're not benefiting from the program at all, except that it, it feels good to help dogs. Oh, wow. And then it shows them um, that if a dog who's similar to them can change, that they maybe they can too. Now, so. where do the dogs, or maybe you said this, originally come from? Yeah, they live in the shelters. So, um, oh, in the shelter for various shelters. Yes. So we okay. work with Canine Stray Rescue okay. in uh, Oxford, and then we work with Oakland County um, Pet Adoption Center. Okay. Uh, the new one, and then we work with um, Humane Society of Macomb. Okay. So depending on the program, at Crossroads, it's closer for us to work with Canine Stray, and they've been really great about. Um, allowing us to work with some of their dogs, um, Oakland County, and we run our Children's Village program oh, um, oh, through well, that okay. shelter. Mm -hmm. um, we also do shelter school, so volunteers who want to learn more about dog training. So mm -hmm. if you're coming in to walk dogs, you know, and that's a whole separate topic, but yeah, if sometimes well. when you come in to walk dogs, mm -hmm. it's not beneficial for the dogs. Like mm -hmm. they need more mental stimulation. The you know, walking the dogs helps them just kind of exacerbate some of their negative behavior so hmm. we teach volunteers we worked with um, prison inmates in that program wow um, and we'll start working with the kids from children's village we'll start coming over once they graduate the teacher's pet training program level one we'll start having them come over to the shelter and doing more of apprenticeship type work um, and then the humane society of macomb we have kids from um, community mental health in macomb county okay uh, the kids come from a variety of different uh, cities, locations, schools, um, and they will work with our dogs. So it's the same thing. We do 10-week programs that are two hours a day, uh, twice a week, and they learn dog body language, signs of stress, responsible pet ownership, the myths of pit bulls, um, puppy mills, you know, why we encourage oh, wow. adoption, how wow. to work in a shelter. Oh, wow. Right, so we try to, to have a therapeutic, educational, vocational mm -hmm. um, mix. Like, so some of the, the children, our kids, they're under the authority of the, the court system, though, some of them? Yes. Or all of them? Mm, Most some of them. them. Well, some of them. Right. The ones... I know at one time, I think you did have more that were... Yes. Right, when we talked before. Yes. Yeah. Children's mm -hmm. Village, they are in the, in the oh, court okay, system. Oh, okay, yeah. They're in the court yeah, there. In the and court, then yeah. um, at Crossroads for Youth as well, um, they are... But they are expanding their programming to community-based as well, so they won't necessarily have been through the court system, but most often, yes. Um, and mm -hmm. then community mental health, they haven't necessarily, but some of them have. So are, is there monitoring just, I mean, the realistic question, like as this is going on, I assume there's some degree of, you keeping know, security, oh, keeping everybody safe, yeah. yes. 100%. And so that, you know, nobody, the dogs escape or the kids escape, Absolutely. or together, you know, right? Absolutely. I'm just picturing this, it's amazing. Right. It's, it's amazing. It, can it be chaotic? For sure, 100%. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? Because you do have to think of all these things. So the way that we're able to kind of navigate all of that, when we're at uh, Children's Village and at Crossroads, we are on grounds there. 
we have a staff who's in the room. So it's a little bit different, right? Obviously, so they yeah. get to intervene um, if there's any sort of behavioral escalation, somebody can come in and rectify the situation. I got it. Rarely does it happen. I was I'm not, I'm say not saying that. that it never. It probably, I'm, I would assume it probably hardly ever does. Right. But you got to be prepared if the one time it did and you don't want to be For in the sure. news or have something. Totally, yeah. totally. But a lot of it comes from our staff as well. It, right. You know, our staff, we have to, our staff knows how to work with this population, right? We can't come in and start bossing kids around and tell them you're doing this and you're going to sit here and if you it's don't tricky, do that, yeah. right? That's not how we communicate with the mm -hmm. kids because as soon as we do that, we're asking for trouble. Oh, now right. we're just pushing, for sure, we're backing yeah. them into a corner. No and wonder, then, yeah. Right, and then they're going to lash out. So for sure. we we don't operate that way. We right. treat them with respect. Oh, for and sure. They do the same. Sure, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So you should have a. I'm just thinking a lifetime show or uh, <laughs> which what network? Yeah, it's wants? like a reality. <laughs> totally. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, but who wants to watch middle-aged white women? Uh, <laughs> right. Well, like, I think we're becoming that minority. That you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm way more than you. Yeah. Now here was a little comment. This is so cute. How is it that dogs can remember abusive situations, but they can't remember urinating on the floor while you were gone? Isn't that a good question? It's one of your frequently asked questions. Yeah, yes, it is a good question because people want to say that dogs, um, I'll rephrase that. When dogs behave in that way, because we sometimes are spiteful as humans, we project that on the dog. So my dog peed on the floor because he is angry that I left all day. Right, right. right. So if we think about it and we think from a dog's lens, Dogs like pee, right? I'm not going to talk about pee. Dogs like it. Right. They sniff it. They roll in it. Right. That's how they, they identify each other. That's true. They don't see a negative, right? Right. So to pee on the floor is not really a punishment to them, well, that's true. first of all. Yeah. Second of all, they don't remember what they did, right? So when we come in and we see pee on the floor, we go, oh, like, so somehow. He our, did that our, to me. She did that to me. Right. Our, our facial expressions are changing. Our body language is changing. And our dogs just know ooh, she is not happy, and they will cower or they'll tuck their tail or they'll try to appease us in some way so we don't hurt them. In no way in that moment is it connected to the pee. It's just I'm looking at you. That's interesting. I'm seeing what you're, that you're unhappy, and I just don't want you to hurt me. So that's why they cower. Oh. But we assume, oh, yeah, well, we know the pee's right there, but the dogs don't. And unless we catch the dogs in the act, we can't even prevent that from happening. I deal again. with this with those cats all the time. Right. And if you think dogs are bad, <laughs> I mean, cats are 10 times. But I do think they have agendas, though. The cats have an agenda, the dogs may not. Well, I can't speak for cats. You can't. I'm That's not a right. cat. I'm a dog I trainer, cat. but not a cat trainer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, I just saw this. So you also are involved with Safe Humane Chicago. Tell yes. us about that. Yes. I saw they just got a new mayor, or getting a new mayor. We don't know who yet. But right. Yeah. Yay. That's all. Very new. Well, yeah. it's been interesting because as um, Teachers Pet started in, in 2005, we became um, a nonprofit, started in 2006. Right about that same time, Safe Humane Chicago was running their like lifetime bonds program and in parallel. Like we no were kidding. like, it's, it's amazing to me that we didn't really cross paths prior. Um, like a book that, a book chapter that I wrote regarding Teachers Pet the director of Safe Humane had written one. Our chapters were like back to back, right? So we were like in tandem. Everything we had prison inmate programs. They were doing prison That's inmate amazing. programs. Oh my God. Um, everything that we did was was in tandem. And then we managed to cross paths. And um, Carrie Birchfield is um, a 
sociology professor, and she's one of the facilitators um, of Lifetime Bonds. So as we were talking, um, we met at a through a webinar conference, whatever, mm -hmm. and we started talking, and we're like, we should be doing this together. Like we're doing mm -hmm. the exact same sure, things. Yeah. So instead of it being competition, like oh well, my program's better than oh, your program, exactly. we, we were like, hey, what's working in yours? Here's what's working in ours, and um, we wrote we slash Carrie <laughs> wrote mm -hmm. this grant to Purina and they funded us um, to run this, it's a two year um, program, our programs. Um, so now we have a geographic location of Detroit and Chicago oh, wow. and we get to have a higher number of um, students who have gone through the program and then we get to use it to, to build best practices mm -hmm. and then develop uh, a manual for other people who want to start programs like ours, you oh, know, prison based wow. programs. Um, so we have, you know, ways that we can tie it in theoretically. We have um, outcomes, you know, we use a, a socioeconomic learning model. We use um, different rubrics and, and to tie in outcomes with, within the SEL uh, curriculum, um, focusing on kids who've experienced trauma. So um, it's really coming together well and it should Great. be done and publishable in 2024. So that's what we're working on. So I just... Yeah, I'm going to start working with that organization as well, so mm -hmm. we can do more together. Wow, you have a lot of balls in the air. I do. There is a Which lot, <laughs> but that is so interesting. I mean, this this whole concept of the the you know prison juvenile uh, delinquency, whatever, and it always has been. But I don't think people realize how pervasive it is. I mean, I'm just learning a lot of this, even yeah. just talking to you. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of. Um, you know, you see them on TV, you do see you them see on Animal yeah. Planet, um, right. they run prison programs, yeah, we on that, yeah. puppy raising programs um, mm -hmm. for leader dogs mm -hmm. um, are in there. Sometimes um, they'll do puppy raising programs in prisons for uh, like uh, warrior projects for um, psychiatric service dogs. And those are really great programs too. Um, it's a, what a great opportunity to help, I guess if we say empathy, which everyone needs empathy, right? We need to be able to understand other people, have remorse for things that we do. Um, if we don't have empathy, I don't care if I rob from you. I don't care if right. I hurt you. That's I don't part care. of the whole society. Exactly. Breakdown. Right. right. But empathy can't be taught. Empathy mm -hmm. has to be experienced. Mm -hmm. So how do you experience empathy? Dogs are a really great way to do that, right? If I've been harmed by humans or wronged by humans throughout my life, which is why a lot of these kids end up oh, for sure. the way they do, the Absolutely. way a lot, a lot of prisoners end up the way they do because of their negative interactions with humans. Dogs don't do that. Dogs don't have that capacity. Again, just like they're not peeing out of spite because right. dogs don't have the capacity to be spiteful. So it's, it's a very safe space that, oh, I have, I have empathy for you. I can work with you. I'm going to protect you, you know, and they will start to be able to practice having empathy and mm -hmm. perspective taking, which builds on itself. And mm -hmm. then now I can have empathy that's transferable to humans. That's a great, great outcomes all the way around. Now talk a little bit about, I know you're a licensed professional counselor. Do you want to talk a little about how that part of the, sure. the business? Yeah, that's, um, I have been doing that as my, more of my main job as a psychotherapist. And now that I'm moving into more of the academic side of things, which is exciting. I think that's a, an exciting opportunity to again, share all of this information. But I, it is helpful for me in understanding working with other uh, clinicians, so mm -hmm. social workers, psychologists, um, other counselors. You know, I can develop content 
specifically for them. So we have a lot, you know, we work with students all the time, and I call them students. They're professionals who are back in school to learn more okay. about animal-assisted mm -hmm. services in some capacity. And we can speak to them, here's theories that we want to think about. What are the outcomes that, you know, why are you bringing a dog in, right? So my outcomes are, I want to help with anxiety reduction. I want to work on um, perspective taking. I want to be able to work on um, gaining trust, building rapport. Like there's a lot of reasons why we have a dog there. And that's what makes it therapy or treatment versus a visit, right? Mm -hmm. So clinicians need to know how to do this. How do we have intentionality? Again, we could have a dog sitting right here. Mm, and we were going to do that, and we and decided we were, not to. And yeah. We were, and we could, and it would be great, but it doesn't mean it's therapy. Right. right? It might be therapeutic. Right. Exactly. It feels great. I love it. I, I was just like, going to have a prop and right? you know, make it cute for viewers and everything. Right, totally. And it works, and it helps us to feel good, and it our does. oxytocin yeah, can go down, all of that. But if we aren't trained, educated to make those connections, right? So I have to be able to, if I'm the therapist in the room, say, and there's a dog in the room and my client is young, I have to keep in my mind, why are we here? What are the outcomes of my, my client? Is my dog okay? Is my dog picking up on any, is he picking up on stress from mm -hmm. the client yeah. or anxiety? Yeah. Did he feel good today? Does he want to be there? Is he feeling anxious, right? Now, does you know, my client and dog want to interact with each other? I'm watching these things. Then I have to think about, okay, again, why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm trying to achieve this outcome today. How can I do that? I'm going to use um, you know, a client-focused model or a solution-focused model or a CBT model or cognitive behavioral therapy, existential. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. What is my theoretical framework? What tenets of that or what techniques from that am I going to use? And how does my dog play into that? Mm -hmm. So as a clinician, you're doing all of that at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, I know. Very, it's like your head's on a swivel and then you start getting like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And, and am I doing the right thing? And is my dog, I didn't even notice that my dog's been panting and his water bowl's empty. And mm -hmm. how do I get up and leave while my client's talking and crying, right? Like there's so much to think about. So much. Yeah. So being able to not only know how to be a clinician, I can be a counselor or a psychologist or a social worker, but I also know how to add animals in my practice. I've mm -hmm. taken extra education. I've taken these courses that are offered at a variety of universities, mm -hmm. including the mm -hmm. ones where I am. Um, so they can start to practice that. Mm -hmm. They can, oh, okay, it's not just having the dog here, it's um, I need to think about these things mm -hmm. and practice them. And we can write it out, but now apply it to the setting. Now what if I have an adult? What if I have, um, you know, sometimes like an angry, an angry client who comes in and I'm super mad and my dog's like, ooh, oh, yeah. right? It's... They're beautiful opportunities. I mean, mm -hmm. it's sad for our dog and we certainly have to make sure that our dogs are safe always, which is a point that I definitely want to make as a um, professional bringing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our dogs in, whether I'm working with kids in detention or through community mental health or in private practice, mm -hmm. my dog's welfare is number one, right? That, that has to come first, right? The client can advocate for himself and if he's a child, He's got a guardian or a parent or right, someone to advocate, right, exactly right. but our dog doesn't have That's anyone exactly right, yeah. but us. And if we are putting our dogs in situations where they're uncomfortable or stressed, now we're making it, we're, we're jeopardizing their welfare. Right, exactly. So why do we want to exploit our dogs for the benefit of humans? Right, Which is, 100%, it happens right. so easily. So now I have to make sure that that's my priority. But now what if I have my dog who's stressed because somebody's crying or yelling, or they're angry, then my dog's like, ooh, he's hiding behind my legs. And the client's like, I want to hug your dog, you know, come over no. here. 
right? And but I have to. I can't say like, yeah, here, dog. You're you have scared. to manage the situation. Totally. And this is the beauty of the education programs. Um, and we do a lot of work. I'm also on the board of the American Psychological Association's Human-Animal Interaction oh, Section great, 13. Yeah. So I'm sure they're glad we, to have you. Uh, it's, it's super fun. I get mm -hmm. to create um, different webinars. Mm -hmm. So I bring in different um, presenters um, each month to um, just guide other providers in, in a whole variety of topics. Like today, um, our presenter today was, um, she's from Israel and brilliant, oh, wow. but she oh, talked yeah. about like uh, neuro neurobiological development and childhood trauma, developmental mm -hmm. trauma, and how to include animals in that practice. So it's amazing, you know, and I don't, this is kind of a political thing to say, but with all the stuff that happens, i.e., Michigan State recently, mm -hmm. everything, the first thing out of people's mouth is mental health. Yes. And, and we know what the other thing is, which I won't get into here. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, true, and, and I'm, it's obvious to me that's obvious that there's mental yes. health who is going to do something like that if there isn't mental health right but it's like it's just such a complicated business i will just Very say that on non-politically it's right. a complicated issue a hot yes. button issue and um it's scary so you know you you have certainly landed in, and i know you've been in this for long before all this but right. you've landed but in a very hot hot sure. ticket and it's know. true and I, I think where we're headed with mental health which I see a lot with my clients too and, and social media and, and a lot of the um, regulations, policies that we're doing, mental health is important, 100%. It is super, super important. Always has been, yeah. It is. But the struggle is it's not an excuse for behavior. That's, that's my point. And I, right. and I hate to say that because, you know, we, like I said, the politics, but it's like the person did it. The person is the one. In all these cases, and, and it's the person. And I exactly. feel for them. And it's sad, but still, you know. Right. I, I had a, one of our um, students that we worked with, you know, had some very severe trauma. And hers, when people experience trauma, they either go internal, where they're like depressed, anxious, you know, they shut down and they have a lot of uh, physiological, physical mm. issues, or people go external, where they are aggressive, you know, where they, you know, um, will yell. Act out. Yeah. They'll act out, exactly. Yeah. And this, this um, individual was one who acted out. Oh, wow. And it was very challenging because at the same time, I, we do understand, you know, and we had a struggle because I, I'm like, it's, I understand. You did have uh, this history. This, I understand. I know where this is coming from but your dog doesn't know that. Right. The dogs that are here, and I can't have you in the room when the, you know, you're experiencing this. So we can go outside mm -hmm. and then come back in when you're feeling better so that our dog is not in jeopardy. Well, I hate to say this, but I'm getting a, a note that we're almost saying <laughs> we feel like we're just getting started. But um, is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion? I mean, just, um, gosh, you have so much knowledge and so much, or, I mean, your, I guess your advice, like to our viewers and you know, people that you'd like to get involved or whatever. Sure. You have your website. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah uh, the website, um, I have a variety of websites. Oh, you do. The <laughs> teacherspet.org. The teacher's pet. Right. So if we have people who want to support uh, youth and dogs yes. um, at any of our locations, we're always looking, right? One of the questions you had asked early on was about um, safety. Having extra hands on deck, having people who are knowledgeable, having people who can assist us mm -hmm. is huge. So that's yes, huge. Our, someone our, watching would be. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if that's something of interest, 
you know, www.teacherspetmi.org. Um, I think it's on the screen, so mm -hmm. feel free to reach is, out. Right. Our, content, our contact information is on there, our um, volunteer, sponsor opportunities, donor opportunities, events that we have. Um, of course, we could use the support who couldn't, right? Who couldn't, right. We all, especially after the pandemic, things kind of have gotten tough. But well, Amy, thank you yeah. so much. This was so informational. We, we really need part one and two. <laughs> I know. And maybe we'll I know, do I'm another like, one. I don't know how much time Oh, no, I know, but there's, it's such a fascinating issue. Thank you for watching today, and thank you, Amy, and we'll, we'll be in touch again, I'm sure. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.